Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Hello, Nicole. <laughs> Countdown. It's like we're ready to go in three, two, one. It's like being on Sky News again. It's like? Being on Sky News. Mm, that was pretty nerve-wracking. There's just these fingers coming out in front of your face and you're thinking, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Because you don't actually see anything until the cameras turn on and you're being interviewed. It's very bizarre. G'day, listeners. How's, Hi. It, how's it going in your world? Well, you can't really answer I, me, can you? There's just like dead... Air then. Is that what they call it on radio? Dead air? It is dead air. And perhaps they're actually sitting in their vehicle saying, it's great, Warwick, or it really sucks at the moment this is happening, or maybe they're just ignoring us and thinking, why are they asking rhetorical questions? <laughs> I do that sometimes in our sessions with our tradiepreneur clients, our members, and uh, I'll ask a question and people mistakenly think I'm asking a rhetorical question that they don't need to answer. It's like, no, you actually need to answer that, dude. <laughs> Perhaps we need to work on our inflection at the end of our sentences. Or mine. So they might be sitting in their utes or their toilets or trying to feed a baby and, uh, you know, mop mm-hmm. up the mess in the kitchen whilst entering invoices into zero for all the tradie wives out there who are multi-multitasking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might be wondering about the materials shortage, Coxie. <sighs> Have we had some amazing terrifying <laughs> stuff come through to us in the last couple of weeks. Um, it's a big deal, yeah? And I think some trade business owners are seeing this and feeling the effects of it and some are not. So it's Definitely. a bit of a it's a bit of a uh, checkered experience out there in the marketplace. It's certainly something mm. that I believe, government ought to be talking about and um, mm. the organizations ought to be talking about. And I don't actually feel like it's really made its way to the media yet. No, I don't think it has. Well, actually, that's not, I, I somewhat disagree. I watched an, yet another deflammatory, horrendous news article last week on the news where they were talking about the, the material shortage and the influx of work after the um, C word bonuses that were sort of injected into the construction industry and they were as usual talking about dodgy builders and how all the builders were going to rip off the clients and so we need to do xyz to ensure that we don't get ripped off but nobody was talking about what that actually means for those poor building companies that are trying to manage getting the jobs done making sure they get paid on time without any material so you're right there's a big part of the industry that's being um impacted there's two in queensland at the moment timber you can be waiting up to september what are we now may september to get pine trusses are three to six months away and color bond you'd be lucky to get any any color bond this year and that's with no more storms on the horizon it's an incredible state of affairs that we find ourselves in And I feel like a lot of the other industries will also have this issue to confront, understand, Mm. work through in the short term. Plumbing and electrical supplies and so much of our stuff 
is sourced from overseas these days mm-hmm. uh, with the demise of Australian manufacturing in the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. We saw it with the auto industry and uh, everything's imported. And, of course, with all of the restrictions and shutdowns and, uh, you know, half uh, half staff situations in uh, manufacturing, it's just making lead times ridiculously long and interestingly i've got a, a carport kit on order coxie and uh mm. i've paid for it and i don't know when i'm going to get it actually it's already been two months is that right there's no full. eta no wow I, i've i've asked the company that sold it to me before the price rise and you know the the company's getting shirty with me for asking, hey, uh, it's been two months. You've got my money. Any idea when this thing might actually be turning up? Oh, we're still committed to our, you know, our turnaround times of eight to 10 weeks from payment for manufacture. I'm like, hang on. Does that mean you don't start making it until eight to 10 weeks after I pay for it? Or do I get it eight to 10 weeks after? Because it's already eight weeks. And, you know, I kind of, I don't know. This is a lot of money you've got of mine. So if I'm seeing that as a consumer uh, and I've already paid for this thing and this company is not supplying it, it just, it really messes with supply chains. Now imagine if there was a a shed erector Mm. waiting for that to turn up Mm. and I'd signed a contract with them and they were banking on, pun intended, my job for their cash flow, Mm. that's causing some serious issues for a lot of tradespeople. It's pushing into some really interesting spaces I've not seen before. There's been plenty of other material shortages at various times. One of the big issues here for, well, for builders, but I think probably every part of the industry, is that most of us offer fixed price contracts. Mm. And a lot of the builders are being burnt because there's a rise and fall clause that isn't well used and isn't well known about within contract world. Um, And in some cases like this, it doesn't actually even apply. Uh, the rise and fall allows you to make um, variations around costings if the costings have dramatically increased since you you agreed and everybody signed the contract and the fixed prices had to increase dramatically. Most small builders don't have that. And so what they're having to do moving forward because they keep being burnt because the pricing is getting out of control everywhere is everyone grapples for the same bit of timber or the same bit of steel or this is, you know, it's more than timber and colour bond. Um, what's happening now is builders are being forced to do contracts for large jobs, five, six hundred thousand, a million and more, where 50 to 60 percent of the job is actually being done as a PC or a PS fund as some to ensure that they are covered as the builders, but the banks won't allow it. So that mm-hmm. end consumer isn't going to get their 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 home or their renovation built or their commercial project done because the banks won't allow the lending. The builders aren't rightfully so prepared to put themselves totally on the line and nobody seems to be addressing this issue for our tradies what does it look like for them where are the materials coming from why are they so delayed what is the issue here why are we still exporting so much more than we actually give to our own community oh. it's crazy time <laughs> and that's I'm what trying i try not to open <clears throat> can of worms here oh i think we just we already have uh i think it was already opened for us coxie we just sort of wandered up to it and noticed it uh, and that's that's where I was getting at where I feel like these conversations aren't being had at 
the right levels of government and mm-hmm. you know the the budget came out recently and this stuff is not anywhere in there you know we've got stuff for first year apprentices that misses mm-hmm. the mark as far as the <laughs> the labor market at the moment and the issues that employers are facing with the labor market as well which we we won't sort of dig into today so much um but there's just you know they've chucked some money at the industry to stimulate the economy and then they just walked off and left it at that and it's mm. it's and it's now largely you know builders are copying the the negative media again as per normal uh and unfairly so i believe i mean there's always an element in every industry where you have operators who aren't necessarily doing the right thing but that's the same in every industry um, mm-hmm. I mean, if we if we mm-hmm. pointed the cameras at healthcare or government or any other industry in any country around the world, there's the minority that ruin it for the majority. So I'm always disappointed to see that media seem to have mainstream media seem to have this um, narrative that they're pushing about builders and uh, you know painting them as as the devil when in reality. If it wasn't for them, many subtrades wouldn't have any work. So that's disappointing. But uh, overall, I think the bigger issue for you listening to this podcast, perhaps, is how this impacts cash flow. You know, if you can't complete work, then how the heck do you get paid? But not only that, how do you actually manage a business that is? Um, not as predictable as perhaps it once was. And that's what we want to talk about Mm. today is looking at what you can do because there are still things you can do. There are things you can control that allow you to get through this period of time because it'll be the businesses that figure out Mm. how to, I guess survive is not the best word to use, but how to actually continue through this market and and endure the current conditions, those businesses will be mm. really well placed when things do actually improve, which, you know, you look back 50, 100 years of human history and economic history, yes, these are unprecedented times, but every time is an unprecedented time. You know, the depression mm. in the 30s was unprecedented and, you know, the peak oil in the 70s and the stock market crash of 87 and the tech wreck and, you know, all of these things are unprecedented. So, um, yes, it's at a level we haven't seen before, but uh, businesses will still uh, live through this and be here at the end of it to take advantage of the changes that are here. So if you want to be one of them, there are some things you can do to actually uh, position yourself so that this current market condition isn't something that you know, becomes catastrophic for your business, I guess, Coxie. And I, I think, think a bit like uh, last year when, you know, strangely enough, a similar time, uh, we have an opportunity to thrive through some of these challenges. If if we, first of all, the first thing we need to do is understand there is an issue. Mm. So we need to give space to understanding that there is a supply issue, there is a demand issue, and what does that look like for our business? So as always, running back to fact, what is the facts on how far away are my materials? What does the projection look like for delays in the next three to six months? 
getting clear on what you can expect and then being incredibly clear with how you communicate that to your clients. But first and foremost, it's got to start with understanding what the problem actually looks like for you. Secondly, for me, a big one is cash flow, being really tight on your cash flow. Now, we are running a webinar next Tuesday night. I can't even remember the date. I think it's the 25th. Something like Warwick, that. Who's <laughs> yes, I don't Nicole, have my calendar in front of me, yeah. It is the 25th at 8 p.m. We're running a webinar all about cash flow and a, and a large portion of that now will be understanding what this current time looks like and how we can ensure that we're doing everything um, to protect ourselves the best that we can as business owners through this material shortage and the labour shortage. Um, both of those will be covered. We will touch base on each. But cash flow, understanding your cash flow, forecasting, seeing the bumps in the road before they turn into bumps so we can actively do what is required to ensure that we can get through that period, that for me is number two, super important to understand where we're sitting with our cash flow. Mm. You mentioned communication, Coxie, and that is such a big one that is not necessarily always associated with cash flow and yet that communication with clients, with even suppliers, uh, with primary contractors, mm. if you're a, if you're a sub trade, uh, not everybody is as understanding at the moment as perhaps they could be. And uh, you know, working as a team, um, everyone's well, not everyone. Many people are stressed. They're going through their own problems and issues, and they're not always open to discussions about possibilities when it comes to payment schedules and progress payments and those sorts of things. And we can mm-hmm. only control what we can control. And as an individual, uh, we talk a lot to our tradiepreneur members about responsibility and ownership and actually looking at, well, what can we do or what can I do if I use the correct language there to actually influence my results? And part of that is learning to be a little more assertive, not aggressive in our communication and seeking uh, solutions and collaborative problem solving with the contractors that we're perhaps working for where you know the realities of business and life is that you, you can either just do what other people want you to do or you can actually do what's best for everybody as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, we know from working with our clients and lots of people we talk to a lot of trade business owners are pleasers and it's too easy to avoid conflict and to say yes to everything. But the long-term effect of that on us, our business, our families can be quite serious. So now is a really good time to ramp up our work around being more assertive and saying, look, I get what you're saying. Can we please book some time? half an hour, we need to have a talk about how this project is running and the fact that we're not being paid at the moment. Uh, otherwise, this is not sustainable. Mm. So that that for me, that whole communication piece and learning to communicate better, more honestly, more assertively at a time like this, that becomes really, really important. And you look at any of the, you know, putting aside political and social views about war and conflict and that sort of stuff, but they're, they're good teaching opportunities for the rest of us of when you have a big conflict like that, you know, we've had um, conflict in the Middle East for many years. When there's, when the firefight is going down, that's when communication needs to be really good and really clear 
And so we can sort of borrow some of those principles for our own businesses and our own life of looking at our level of communication as I sort of trip over some of my words ironically. So <laughs> so communication skills, I think, at a time like this, Coxie, is, is um, a key area that people should be focusing on as well. I agree. And next up for me, a big one is understanding your contract. So my understanding is I'm sure I saw a brief this week uh, around master builders changing their contract, something to do with the rise and fall cause so that you as, um, now this is different in every state. So in Queensland, you have to have a contract for any work, licensed work over 3,300. Uh, in New South Wales, I think it's 20,000. So it's very different from state to state. But getting clear on what your contracts look like, what particularly a fixed price contract and what that looks like for you and your business. Uh, alternatively, if you're only doing works under the threshold where you need a contract, understanding your legal obligations uh, to the person that you're working with through um, the Office of Fair Trading. So now you can shortcut that by either calling the Office of Fair Trading and getting some understanding about what that looks like when there is a material shortage, therefore the half of the job is going to be delayed. Am I able to change my payment terms to ensure that I'm paid up to that point? Uh, likewise, with your contracts, I suggest that you get in touch with the contract provider. So in Queensland, again, that's QBCC, that's the government agency. We also have HIA and Master Builders. Each state has their own government agency that regulates their contracts. So talking to them, understanding what um, position you're in as the tradie to ensure that you can be paid along the way for the work until such point that the materials are short. So we want to be paid for the work we've already done. In the case of a builder, which I can speak to quite freely, it can be that we run into half a stage and I don't have timber or I run into half a stage and tiles are actually six months away. I want to know that I'm able to change my payment schedule to ensure that I've been paid for all the previous work or all the previous materials so that I'm not holding out for a large bill, which could tip me under very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So getting a good firm understanding from the regulator, what can you do in those cases? Can it be changed? Are you able to issue variations that can then be paid for? Are you able to change the contract to ensure that you're covered along the way? It's imperative for you to be having those conversations now. I'm going to guarantee that some of those conversations are going to be met with unknowns. Mm -hmm. Keep having them. Keep pushing yeah. until you get the answer that you require so that you can keep yourself protected. Mm. It's definitely a time to work hard and not to work hard on the tools. This is a time to work hard on your business and on yourself so mm. that you're equipped and informed and able to look for some of you listening to this, probably take the fight, um, take it to the front line to use that same analogy and uh, you know not be sort of stepped on a little bit in the rush. Mm. I think we're, we're sort of running with some C's here, Coxie. Um, you know, cash flow, communications, contracts. Uh, I'm going to chuck another C in here and that's creativity. Uh, Ooh, I love the, it. The catch word for 2020 was probably pivot, <laughs> um, which I'm sick of hearing about. And yet it's so relevant. I actually, mm. I've turned pivot into creativity. I think some of you in business could get a little more creative with how you protect yourself or, uh, you know, shore up your business. And some trade business owners kind of get used to being fed by the house cow. And we talk to a lot of sub trades who predominantly get their work from a few builders or a couple of designers 
Um, and that's great. And that becomes a business risk if one of those mm. sources of business not not falls over and goes broke necessarily. We were speaking with one of our tradiepreneurs just this week about the fact that one of their key sources of work is under cash flow and price pressure. So guess where they push that? They push that down the pipe mm. to the subtrades. And so there's a lot of price pressure coming from their, you know, one of their key sources of workflow. Now, if you don't have mm -hmm. other strategies in place to go and tap into the consumer market, there's another C for you, um, and actually learn how to <laughs> perhaps work direct to consumer. And, you know, that's a whole different ball game to getting work orders from a builder or a, or a you know, building designer or whoever it might be that's, that's referring work to you. Um, it's a different game. And it's a different set of skills. It's a different set of systems to actually go direct to consumer and tap into some of the money that is still out there in the marketplace. There's actually quite a bit of work. Well, there's a lot of work out there direct to consumer. But for many of you listening to this, it might be a bit of a mystical market as how the heck do you tap into it and not get caught by mm -hmm. some of these misconceptions about tire kickers and price shoppers and, and all that sort of stuff. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that can't take their first class trip to the Maldives this year or, you know, do their annual holiday, ski holiday to Whistler or something. Uh, and that money is staying here domestically in Australia and certainly in New Zealand. It's the same for all of our Kiwi listeners. So tapping into some of that uh, wallet share is uh, is an area that might require a bit of creative thinking on your part as a business owner. So I think considering that and then looking at ways you can actually learn how to do that could be a very powerful way to help with that cash flow. I agree. I think we need creativity in the solutions we're providing to our clients as well because there will be times when we just cannot get the material to offer the traditional solution, but is there an alternative? Where there's a timber shortage, can you get steel? Where there's no colour bond, is there a, an opportunity to do tile? You know, there has to be other creative solutions you can find for your clients to ensure that they get the job done. You get to keep moving forward despite what the industry looks like right now. Now, that won't work in every case, absolutely for sure, and therefore that's where we go back to communication and making sure that your clients are understanding of the situation, what it looks like, what it means for them, and continuing to keep them up to date. And if the, you can, then I think it's a great time to find some creative solutions in building materials and what you can actually do for those clients that have the issues that you're trying to find. There's and plenty of alternate building materials out there. Absolutely. And not getting stuck on the idea that people will say no until you've mm. actually asked the question and you don't know the answer. And absolutely. too often we see trade business owners that have a set belief about what people will say about something. And we are always pleasantly surprised, perhaps, or maybe not surprised. We're, we're always uh, delighted to hear the surprised responses from tradies that are like, you know what, I actually gave the client the choice and they said that was fine. We told them about what might happen with this and they said, that's okay, they understand. Um, if you take the the perspective of educating people and providing them with information, mm. um, they can actually then make an informed choice and an informed decision with you as the advisor and the leader in that conversation 
rather than assuming that it's all going to be bad and they'll say no and no one's going to choose tiles over colorbond. They wanted colorbond. I'm not even going to ask them because it's just going to make things bad. Uh, if you can find ways to actually involve your customers, whether that's a builder or, or a consumer, in the solution and and you know make them aware of what's going on, they'll actually generally appreciate that, appreciate being included in that and not treated like a mushroom. So I think that's uh, you know getting rid of assumptions in this is uh, is really really important. Assumptions don't really fit with the C theme, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I feel like you know in terms of the materials shortage. Um, the probably the biggest impact that this has is on cash flow, and that's the mm. the crux. There's a C for you, Coxie. Uh, that's you. the crux of today's episode. Is how does this impact your cash flow? Well, that's probably pretty obvious, I, I suppose. But you know, what can you actually do so that the cash flow impact of the current market conditions is managed, um, mm. minimized? It's not going to go away, uh, mm -hmm. and there are a bunch of things that you can do to keep your business running, to keep your cash flow tight uh, so that you can, you know, get through this time and then basically be well positioned to be a stayer, to still be in the race. If you would like to join us for our cash flow webinar, I think we originally titled it the five mistakes most tradies make when managing their cash flow there are some key areas that we all tend to look past or not look at or not understand. A big part of that's putting your head in the sand. This is not the time to have your head in the sand, team. This is the time to start to get informed. Just head on over to our uh, Facebook page. Just search Tradies in Business on Facebook. You'll find there there's a link for you to be able to join. If you're part of our database, you will have received a couple of emails about this. Maybe go back in your inbox and have a look there. Uh, you can pop over to the website um, tradesandbusiness.com.au. There is a link on there as well, but probably the easiest place to find it is going to be the Facebook page. The webinar is on Tuesday, the 25th of May. If you are listening to this after that date, we're very sorry, but please keep your eyes peeled. We will be doing a few other things to assist in this area over the coming weeks. Uh, hint, hint, keep your ears open. There's something very exciting coming, particularly <laughs> if you live in New South Wales. Um, it, now this webinar will run just an hour. It's only an hour of your time. Warwick and I are running this at 8 p.m. on the Tuesday night. So we're trying to do it at a time that will suit most families. Most families have got the kids either ready to bed or in bed by that point in time. I'm sure there's a bunch of you scoffing at me <laughs> right now. Um, but we've tried to do it at the best time for the majority of people to join us. After hours seems to be more popular. Uh, it will only run for an hour. This is not a hard sell. This is our opportunity to help educate you around some of the choices that you can make uh, to help you navigate through yet another difficult time. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I read a bit of Mark Manson's commentary. Um, he's the author of the Everything Is Effed uh, books, and you know talks about basically life is a succession of problems and it's about choosing bigger, better problems to solve. So I feel like this is one of those fantastic problems to solve is cash flow. And mm. uh, we're going to give you some great content and share a bunch of our learnings with you in the webinar on Tuesday at 8 p.m. So um, do get on that. It is free. Uh, it's a fantastic opportunity to learn how to suck less at business. And cash flow is a key mm -hmm. area that a lot of trade business owners suck at. So if that's you, 
jump on in. Um, as Coxie said, hit Facebook or the website, and we look forward to seeing you there. Hooroo. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.